Hi, we're sisters. And you're listening to the Music A to Z podcast. Hello and welcome to the Music A to Z podcast. I'm Steve Ferguson. And I am Douglas Ferguson. Oh, hi, everybody. It's been a long time. and Who has it ever been? And for those of you who were on our Facebook page, you probably know kind of what was going on. But I'll give you guys the really uh, the real truncated version of it. Uh, so in a nutshell, uh, the Paul and H show went defunct. And all the associated websites kind of went up in smoke with it. And I didn't realize like how badly it went up in smoke when we recorded the Oath is for Our Lady Peace episode. Because at that time, I thought that, you know, the website was still there. We were just going to have to make some administrative changes. Nope. <laughs> website was gonzo. And I guess it came out, I want to say May or June of last year when I released the O episode. Um, we had actually that long for that one something like that. Uh, we had recorded it way, way, way before. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, and uh, then but I don't remember when it was finally released. Yeah, uh, it was a big deal, and because I was moving web hosts and getting all that sort of stuff started again from the ground up, I decided, well, you know, there's a lot of things that I wish I could like kind of go back and fix. So I took the opportunity to go and remaster the the episodes. Uh, now, you know, I was kind of limited because I didn't have the original WAV files, uh, but there were some things I could do, some things I could trim, uh, some background noise and stuff I could I could take out. Oh, but Steve, where'd you get all this masterful audio production skills, yo? Well, I signed up with Co-op Radio here in Vancouver and got use of their facilities and their knowledge and was able to really start to invest more in production and my own knowledge base for that. And I was really hoping actually that we would be able to start recording this podcast from the studios with professional mm -hmm. equipment. And that could be like the new generation of music A to Z. And then, <laughs> and then. And then the pandemic hit. Uh, so I have a, I have a show called prog rock alley and Doug and I here, we also do another podcast. Uh, it's true, yeah, we have been busy. We month. have been still podcasting. Yeah, yeah uh, the Epic Marvel Movie Podcasts. And we started doing that one in the studio. And I was doing my radio show in the studio. But now I have to do everything from home. So uh, now hopefully, again, I can cobble together at least an improved sound quality now that I have these master, these master files that yeah. I'm working with. What is worth saying is that we normally record this in person but mm -hmm. because of lockdown we are actually recording from our individual houses so yeah. uh, that does tend to lend to a lot more like oh sorry uh you're gonna say oh no no you're gonna say oh, uh, oh yeah uh, uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. oh no no you go no uh, uh, yeah uh, no, so uh, that uh, little bit of extra delay just causes so many more um issues as far as talking over each other and whatnot but now it's we're getting even used to that so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you make do with what you have and uh yeah I had the choice, right, of like, mm -hmm. okay, with my own, with the new hosting for the site, do I go through Wix or Weebly or Squarespace and, you know, one of those things. And I, I had yeah. my own personal website through Weebly, so I said, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just piggyback off of that and consolidate the sites. And then I found out that, like, Weebly isn't fantastic at hosting podcasts, but mm -hmm. it's way too late now. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's meta, there's meta coding mm -hmm. that I would be able to use for, better tracking of statistics and stuff that I can't with Weebly yet. 
knock on wood, maybe in the future, folks. So I just don't have any <laughs> reliable data on how many people listen uh, or subscribe or anything like that. But say Levy. Say Levy. I'm thinking of when I'm doing, I'm thinking of making a website. Um, although, you know, I've been thinking about it for a long time. So who knows when it's going to happen for my YouTube channel, uh, moving pictures. And I think I might go through Squarespace. I think uh, YouTube, it, it, it sponsors almost every video out there. And so, like, they make pretty good arguments for why it's a good platform to uh, to use. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Although, you know, I, I my my personal website uh, is through Weebly, and I had a pretty good time building it as well. So, uh, you know, I, honestly, Weebly is really easy to use. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. honestly, honestly is. And I had a, a honest to god, I've had a much better time with Weebly than I had with uh, what the hell were we using? WordPress. Uh, we were using WordPress before, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Weebly, thank you. We love you. Let's quickly get into some feedback. This feedback's really old. Yeah, Uh, it's really old. (laughs) It must Um, be very old. But the thing is, is that I didn't know it existed because the thing with with podcasting is that it goes through various platforms. Uh, As such, there was a bunch that I, I didn't check because I didn't know it existed. There's one called Chartable. That our podcast is it runs through, uh, and we've got some subscribers through there, and we even got some comments oh. through there. And I had no, I had no idea oh, they cool. existed, <laughs> right? It seems that people tend to uh, go through Apple Podcasts to get a Chartable. I don't know how it works, but needless to say, Chartable is doing this thing. That's great. I love you, Chartable. Thank you for hosting the podcast. I don't know. Well, if they're coming through Apple, then it's it's through my. Anyways, whatever. Okay, so the first one, uh, I think you know this one, is from Naboxid. And this is all the way back in February 6th, 2016. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's I'm sorry, Disco <laughs> This is from five years ago. <laughs> okay, uh, and he says, five stars, more cowbell? I'm not sure who these guys are, but I think they deserve a Naboxid Award for Podcast of the Year. Give them a cool. listen or else. Well, hey, if we get in a boxing award, hey, I'm yeah. game. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Disco Ben. Um, okay, from Cough Soda, back in August 25th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, five stars. Props for an entire episode dedicated to Ink No World. I was like, thanks, Cough Soda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Almost forgot uh, we did that one. I, I, I still have a soft spot in my heart for Ink No World. No, I like them. I still, I, I just, I haven't listened to them in a while, but I, um, I guess... You know, I've listened to them since our episode. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, the next one comes from February 8th, 2018, three years ago. And uh, this one actually, Doug, I, uh, I think uh, gives some food for thought. So I want to know what you think about this. Okay. They give three stars. Uh, it's okay, but I like the host's interest in music and the detailed history of the artists. What I want more of is music and not all talk. Some of the artists have large catalogs, but would it hurt to play one song or partial songs from each of the artists which provide an informative interview of their works? So, uh, and that's from Matteo Mazziallo. You know, that's a good point. Uh, I think this is something that I think that a lot of uh, music YouTubers have as uh, an issue as well, is that, um, I mean, I don't know how it works for podcasts, but with YouTubers, uh, you know, once you start putting in copyrighted music, uh, you're basically giving up on any slice of the pie uh, as far as monetization goes. Uh, I mean, obviously, we don't monetize the podcast, so this is all this is all done for free. But I do wonder yeah. about like what the copyright ramifications are of incorporating more music into the podcast because I've I've always liked the idea, but I don't yeah. know how feasible it is. 
that's just it. Like I used to take a lot of notes from the Cracked podcast, which was a uh, back when I was listening to it when Jack O'Brien was uh, head of, of Cracked before he left. A huge podcast, like huge, 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 tons of listeners, subscribers, and they would use music all the time. Uh, he would he would feature music. He would fe- you know he's like uh, he featured Identikit by Radiohead actually. And then one day they stopped straight up. One episode they were using music out on the radio, and the next day they were using uh, in-house produced music, mm-hmm. uh, like very suddenly. And my first thought was, I wonder what happened. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, and I honestly got, I think they attracted some attention that they didn't want. And you can fight these kinds of things, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. there's various levels, you know, because copyright changes per per uh, jurisdiction and stuff. But honestly, and and you know this too, is that sometimes it's just simpler to just take it out you know yeah, it's just yeah. it's just like is it worth it is this a fight i want to have for cracked for the for the type of contents they were putting out it was a fight they didn't need to have they would talk about uh you know interesting facts and uh and strange stories and stuff they didn't need music mm-hmm. you know music featured in in their show so they my, my thought was they would just they just abandon it it could be argued that because we do commentary and review of it yeah that we could be considered fair use yeah but even then it's, it's even then like to have to go through that fight constantly would be pretty tough because i do a show called ali hasn't and and every about once a year we do a here's reactions to pop music and um, this last, this most recent one, I had to remove Sonic. Uh, it feels so good from my video because they they claimed it. And they took the video down, and said I wasn't allowed to play it. So I disputed it, and they refuted the dispute. I still feel like I had fair use on my side, but I'm like, well, you know, maybe this just is not worth the fight. So I just took it out of the video and replaced a little bit with a little bit of a, a little segment that says, oh, it looks like I'm not allowed to use this clip. All oh, well, I just had to go without. <laughs> And it kind of, it did, I feel like it diminished the video a little bit, but sometimes you got to make a compromise. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the format of the show as well, mm-hmm. you can get away with a lot of stuff on radio because the, the laws mm-hmm. dealing with radio go back a long time. Podcasts in a lot of ways is still a lot of uncharted territory. They've only really been around like maybe 10, 15 years and it's still kind of the frontier. And I do sneak in music. I, I, honest to God, when I remastered, I snuck in more audio clips. I really did. I stuck, snuck in clips of trailers. You know, you know, I, I call them, um, I call them flares because I feel like they're more. It's more interesting to hear. Le- legitimately, there comes a point where it's just like the show starts to get a, a bit long. And what is the objective of the show? You know, and the objective of the show isn't isn't necessarily to play music like a radio show but to discuss it but needless to say i do take your point mateo and legitimately it is something that i've pondered and and wondered about maybe we could find a way to sneak in some more clips we'll have to sort of discuss how to do that i guess sometime soon we we did start like and i I, again when i remastered them i did kind of do this a little more when we're speaking about specific songs in particular going into detail playing the music in the background because i figure you know it helps Mm -hmm. it helps but Playing, playing whole songs just as, a, oh, well, let's listen to this track now, and then playing the whole song and then coming back, I feel like we're just elongate the show, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't... I'm, sometimes these episodes get long enough as it is. Yeah. So. But uh, nevertheless, thank you for the feedback. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, let's get to some music news. Okay, so this is an unfortunate trifecta. And, uh, I mean, good lord, we've missed so much... So much goings on in the world. But I thought this one was worth noting in part because it seems to be an unfortunate trend and the most recent. Okay, well, long story short, 
there have been some some issues with musicians who have been involved in sexually harassing and abusing people. And uh, hmm. the first one that I did mention in the show notes for our CS for Crystal Castles episode was when Alice Glass left Crystal Castles. At first, it was just like a sort of a mutual splitting, but then it kind of came out that Alice Glass's allegations of tremendous abuse towards Ethan Kath and like like some really, really harsh stuff uh, which, of course, mm. Ethan Kath completely denied. And that some of it's rough stuff to read. That whole story about Alice Glass doing that song, Alice Practice, the story was always that she was just kind of doing like a, a rehearsal and just ad-libbing, and it was so raw that when you put music to it, suddenly it had lyrics. But then Alice Glass came out, and she says, no, that's actually not true. I had written the song, and I don't like how my creativity was uh, rewritten to just be some random fluke that Ethan, you know, was the the mastermind behind. That's hard stuff to read. It's really awkward. Hmm. It's really awkward. So I addressed that back in those show notes for our Seas for Crystal Castles. Uh, more recent, Tom Meehan of Kasabian was kicked out of the band. He was kicked out of the band due to abuse allegations. So, but, uh, well, sorry, who, which, who was he in the Tom band? Meehan, he was the lead singer of Kasabian. Oh, oh he's a... Uh, lead singer jeez uh yeah yeah wow. yeah sergio pizzorno uh you know and, and the rest of the bands were all really they released a really nice statement i thought like it was a really nice thing to say where they're just like you know this isn't what our music's about we read the allegations we were horrified by it here's what's happened we're just uh it's a they said it was a mutual consent sort of thing it really it really felt like they were just like, look, man, we can't have you in the band if you're if you're beating your fiance. It's uh, hmm. pretty rough, pretty rough stuff. And then just this past week. Uh oh. Uh, yeah. Warner Music Group terminated the contract with Matthew Good because of a lot of abuse allegations coming from him, which oh. did it's, not really surprise me. <laughs> it sounds actually kind of consistent with things that I've heard about his personality. And yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. Like, yes, granted, he has he has bipolar. Yes, he has mental illness problems. Yes. I, I'm sorry, I don't find that to be uh even even a remote remote passing of an excuse for uh, some of these allegations. There are people so like, who sorry. have mental disorders who are not abusive. Yeah. So it's exactly. one thing does not lead into the other necessarily. So yeah. um it may make it more difficult to manage anger sometimes and things like that, but pe- people have to cope. They have to find a way. Um, Matthew, and, and and this is something too, is that like, yes, if you have anger issues and you have mental health issues and stuff, and you're also a successful recording artist, you are in the unique position. And that's again, for successful recording artists, you're in a unique position where not only can you use your music as a platform for bringing awareness to this issue, but you can actually afford to do something about it. You can afford, uh, like how many, honest to God, how many, um, artists have we seen, uh, going to rehab or or seek seek counseling because they have things they need to address in their lives and take time away from touring or whatever. If you are in this position where you've had you're again a very successful you know artist, I think honestly that gives you less of an I don't even want to say less of an excuse. I think honestly you have uh, unique opportunities to be able to address that. Mm-hmm. On the subject of abusive people in the music industry, uh, a few weeks ago Phil Spector died. 
I heard. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, yes. I don't mean to sound thrilled by that, but yeah, uh, he, but it was, all he did. I didn't even know. I didn't even know he was still alive. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that either until I. Uh, he, yeah, he's in jail. He was in jail when he died. Yeah. Um, because he was. Well, he was found guilty of murder. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's yeah, it's one of those things where he he's innovative and creative and uh, you know considered a genius in his industry, but at the same time, like not a good dude. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. like and and has not been a good dude for a very long time, and uh, just probably got away with it all for a, way too long. And so, ciao, Phil Spector. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ciao, Phil Spector. I don't know as well if you heard just this past week, a documentary was released mm-hmm. about Britney Spears. Yes. Uh, I'm just trying to remember what... I what, have heard of it. I have not seen it, it yet. I haven't seen it either, Framing Britney Spears. And I know a few people who have watched it and just come away with it like, like, broken. Like, apparently it's a rough watch. Like, like the amount of exploitation this, this gal has gone through. Yeah. And I know, I know she doesn't have, like, power of attorney over her own... Like her her own finances and stuff, and her, yeah, like, her yeah. dad, and uh, yeah, uh, legitimately, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but apparently, it is a rough watch, as these things tend to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anything else? Any other music news? You know, there's there's absolutely tons of stuff, but I thought it'd remain on <laughs> No, no, there's not. So oh, we should just jump in. Yeah, sure. So last time, uh, a million and a half years ago, we did mm-hmm. "Always for Our Lady Peace," and oh god. Thank God that uh, that finally saw the light of day. Eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this week we are covering peace. So, Doug, help me out here. Who are we talking about? We are talking about Papadocio. started on the history and stuff i thought i should mention that uh the radio show that i'm doing is called prog rock alley it's on mm-hmm. 100.5 co-op radio here in vancouver and last fall i think mm-hmm. i launched it on the first december i did a compilation album called anthems from the alley where i approached various prog rock bands and some other artists um I kind of broadened the definition a little bit to uh, donate songs for this compilation. It was 10 bucks Canadian uh, for a 22 song compilation. And I, which I'm sure they could find in the show notes. They can definitely find in the show notes. Please take a look guys. I had reached out to Papadozio and they had supplied, uh, they actually gave a couple suggestions uh, for a song to contribute to the album. 
and they contributed Varus Color uh, from their most recent album, Microdosio. And first of all, for that, my eternal gratitude. And secondly, mm-hmm. I was actually thrilled that they got back to me. Like, there was a lot of artists on there who who I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. But Papa Dojo, I was like, this is great. And I kind of felt kind of weird because it was almost like, it was almost like Radiohead had agreed to be on my uh, on my compilation, oh, you know, because wow. I was so thrilled. I was like, yeah, and I got Papadocio, you know, because I'd known them for so long, right? Uh, whereas right. a lot of these bands I hadn't known for you know for very long at all. Um, well, I think a lot of them you found th- through trying to produce a radio show, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. and uh, although at one point Starfucker was interested, and that would have been awesome too, but th- mm. but things fell through. But whatever. I got way more tracks than I was anticipating. I, I, I would have been happy if I got an EP's worth of material. Uh, so 20 plus tracks. You got like over 20, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. It is also worth noting that uh, Papadozio, not a pizza place. Uh, no, they are not. Although <laughs> no, no. maybe they would make good pizza. I hope so. I, everyone should make a pizza and just like, you know, get everyone else to try it and, and then see how good they are at it. Yeah. Because if you can make a good pizza, you're good. You're set for life. Yeah. So, Doug, you introduced me to Papadocio uh, quite a long yes. time ago. Please tell me how you stumbled across them. Well, as with a many a band <laughs> uh, from around that era, I was just, uh, I think I just looked at prog rock on Bandcamp and just started looking for cover arts that caught my eye. I, I can't remember most of the bands that, uh, there's a few that I've kind of stuck with, but this is definitely one that I stuck with. And I, I think it was... Either by the light of the stars EP mm. or McGreenery, or maybe even both that caught my eye. And I was like, okay, let's give it a listen. And I liked it. And then I, I, I think I just sent, uh, sent the links your way as well. Because it just seemed like stuff that you'd like. I think I think you did more than that, actually. I'm pretty sure you, you threw those two on my iPod. Oh, okay. So, like, I, I got them. I think it also helped that I think they were, at the time, they are free downloads. So I, I just sort of like, oh, yoink. I've had them for quite a while on my iPod, so I wonder if I actually yoinked them myself at some point. Possibly. I may have, I may have put it on there. I've, I mean, I've, I got these back in uh, 2010. I remember distinctly it was 2010 because I was going to film school at the time, and I, I just remember listening to them uh, on my way to school one day. So, uh, yeah, so there you go. I have now a 10-year relationship with Papadozio. Oh, that's something. Yeah, huh? it, it doesn't feel like it, but... There we go. Honestly, these guys have not disappointed because they have such a consistent release schedule. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Unlike some of the other bands that that occasionally we come across who then kind of go, you know, where did you go? Yeah, there's been a few buns. Like, uh, remember Baby Jaws? I found that album, uh, their, their, their one album on Bandcamp. I'm like, this is awesome. I hope they release more stuff. Nothing else. Just that one album. Um, uh, Kiss Kiss Fantastic. A phenomenal EP, and then we got an LP, and then poof. The sad thing was the uh, the LP was actually really good too, but now their stuff is just free. I think they just kind of, I think they just kind of gave up, Doug. <laughs> I think they just kind of uh, gave yeah. up. Well, it's it's tough, you know. Yeah. It's like you release an album, you're hoping that it'll catch, and then if it doesn't, it's like, oh, we put everything into that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it must be really tough. And I, I really, I really liked Kiss Kiss Fantastic. I yeah. thought they were great. Uh, I still listen to the, uh, what's it called? The Red Blue Shift EP? I still listen mm. to that a lot. I, I haven't listened to it in a while, because, again, it, it was like that 10 years ago, Mark, and now, and, and uh, but yeah, I mean, well, yeah, well, we can talk about Kiss Kiss Fantastic another day, I guess. We might have to. I feel bad for that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we should, uh, bring, bring them in. Bring them in, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So Papadocio, they were originally from Athens, Ohio, but now they base themselves out of Asheville, North Carolina. How's North Carolina going? Uh, I think right now it's frozen, isn't it? Isn't a lot of the the U.S. frozen? Uh, well, yeah, Texas is. Frozen. I, I just thought a lot of like the southern yeah. U.S. was. Yeah. Because we're we're Canadian. For those who are listening, we're not super knowledgeable about like the geography of the United States. I I feel like I. I don't know like where the states are except for a few of them. I know I know where Texas is because it's the big the big one. I know where Washington State is because it's right by us. Um, <laughs> I know uh, Oregon is right under that. I know. I, yeah, I know and then California. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, right yeah. California. Us. Of course, we know California because hey, we listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. How can we not know? <laughs> um, and of course, you know New York. Yeah. But uh, but uh, some of it, I kind of I vaguely know where the different states are uh, after that. And not only do we not know a lot about the American geography, we barely know anything about winter because although we're Canadian, mm-hmm. we're in Vancouver, oh. our winter thus far for the 2020, 2021 mm-hmm. winter season has been two days of snow, two days, and then just and two then days. massive rain yeah. just went whoosh and, and it's gone. It's all gone. It's There's a few little specks of snow here and there still. It's embarrassing. It's I had to break out my winter jacket for one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're compared to most Canadians, we are just cowards for winter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't, can't deal with it. Hey, Doug, do you want to move to Calgary? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, it'll. I mean, it's way more affordable than here. Uh, there's an argument for yeah. that, but the cost is in the extreme temperature change. That yeah, is very true. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm way too far in my life to get acclimatized to snow now. <laughs> Doug's an old man. You heard it. Here yeah, first. I, I, I feel it. So the band, there are a five piece. Mike Healy is on the drums. Rob McConnell is bass and vocal. Anthony Thog Martin. I really feel. I hope I pronounced that. Well, I mean, uh, as right, many people Anthony. may know, here on the Music Eight Z podcast, uh, yeah. we are. The worst at pronouncing names and uh, so whether it's track titles, human being names, album titles, we're just bad at it. Anthony Throgmartin is uh, guitar, keys, and vocals. Uh, Billy Browse is also on keys. Yeah. And actually, you know, it tends, like, uh, Anthony Throgmartin from what, Throgmartin, sorry, from what I can see, tends to kind of, uh, he, he's kind of a bit of the everyman. He kind of he does some guitar, some vocals, some keys, some programming. It kind of depends on the album, uh, which makes a lot of sense to me based on the nature of their albums yeah. and how varied they can be. So let's go all the way back to September of 2007 when they release their first LP, Magreenery. Mm-hmm. Magreenery. Magreenery, which is it's kind of cool. It's got this sort of almost cartoonesque, cartoony... Uh, looking album art with a, a keyboard that is growing in with trees, I guess. Yeah. So, and there's like roots, of the keyboard going in with roots, of the trees. I dig it. I, I must've dug it enough that I, uh, that I downloaded it, uh, that it caught my eye. Tell me, Doug, what do you think of McGreenery? Well, you know, it's interesting. I found taking notes for Papadozio albums to be strangely challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of, I, you know, I don't even sure. Maybe it's just because there are so many like long instrumentals and, that kind of stuff like there's and it's hard to kind of real really nail nail down a lot of things so I, I had to kind of make my notes a little more um specific often just to make sure that i had something to say yeah i don't know i just it's every now and then i face this challenge and i it's hard to really say why but anyway mcgreenery it opens with the plug it's a very cool opener it's very accessible it's a big bit of guitar at the very beginning which i like a lot um that has this it sort of has a 
a Spanish flair to it. Like, mm. and I kind of wish there was like a little bit more of that because I actually really liked it. It it reminded me of something, and I I don't know. It just kind of hit this like really nostalgic vibe in me, and I couldn't even place what from like what it is that they reminded me of. Like it just hit something. So you mean nostalgic, like as in like. Nostalgic for something in your past, not nostalgic for, you know, when you first listened to this 10 years ago? No, no, yeah, it, was just, it, it felt like it hit a chord from something way, way in the past. And I, but I couldn't put my finger on it, and I still haven't quite. Yeah, then, then it moves into McGreenery, which incorporates more electronic components, but mostly gets really good near the end. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. that's a song that kind of, like, pays off rather than kind of start strong. Um... And the big smile has a cool uh, lounge feel to it. Utopiate. Uh, it may be the strongest track of the lot. It's got lots of guitar noodling, and Curve follows it up very nicely as well. Um, so I'd say all in all, like it's a very solid debut. Production is a bit spotty, um, particularly on the vocals. I think that they don't quite have that down yet in how to make the vocals sound very organic with the music. Nothing that's really off-putting or even a deal breaker at all so i i think that um yeah i'll know it's a really cool very nice sounding uh debut album kind of does it does a good job of setting you up for what this band uh the kind of music that they are interested in making and so yeah is good is very good yeah i uh i gotta agree that opening track the plug is killer it strong hooks rock with an electronic bridge leading right into the minimalist title track, which then evolves into a percussion-heavy epic. Uh, and I agree, Utopia, tent pull, prog track, through mm-hmm. and through. Uh, they use some several usages of uh, sample narration, which is uh, present, at, or I, I wouldn't say present, but pops up at various points throughout their discography. Mm-hmm. And then uh, PhDs pulls away from the serious tracks into something a little on the goofy side. Uh, all in all, like a tremendously strong debut. And uh, one thing I note is that from the get-go, they have no issue doing long tracks. Set six, seven, eight-minute long tracks. Uh, I think Utopia's pushing nine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but keeping them keeping them good and interesting and not stale. And uh, this really lends into more of their like their future albums because they don't shy away from keeping up those long tracks. And uh, if they're already mastering how to do a, a successful lawn track here, or their first album, uh, dear listener, just think of later in their career with an album that was released last year and how easy it comes to them to keep the tracks mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, great. Did you take notes for By the Light of the Stars as well? Of course okay. I did. You know why? Because I love it. <laughs> okay, well then uh, feel love free to by the light take of the, the reins. Uh, I had even like... I was so fond of of the EP that half the time I would forget who did it and be like, oh, shoot, I know it's on my iPod and it's the track that goes but which one is that? Uh, and then there'd be times, you know, so I'd have to you know spend time looking mm-hmm. for it because I just I couldn't remember who'd done it. So, yeah, let's talk about By the Light of the Stars. Well, uh, the title track is a cool, moody piece um, with a very nice progression. I like the direction of the so- the song goes in, particularly in its second half. I think again, this is sort of one that that pays off more than like start strong. It, it, it has a and that and actually, you know, that is that's not uncommon for Papadocio songs. Is that they once you see where they're going, you're like, ah, I think I get it. But uh, next is Unparalyzer, 
Oh, which yeah. is uh, even better. And it got a super memorable hook. Da 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 synthesizer. And it's like, it's like, yeah, how do you forget that? It gets, it's the unparalyzer. Yeah, totally. Holy heck is just fun. Kind of, kind of loungy, bluesy, a bit more um, conventional, but, uh, you know, not, not bad. Uh, it just isn't uh, like, you know, a staple pog, uh, pog, uh, prog track. It's very, um, uh, ev- only, there's only one pog track and that's, uh, everybody knows that pog is the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the only pog track you need, but no. That's the only pog track, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but as far as prog tracks, yeah, Holy Heck isn't one, but it is super fun and catchy, showing that they, you know, they don't have to be kind of, do, you know, do the long pretentious stuff, uh, you know, pretentious being, I, I mean, in sort of an affectionate way. Uh, <laughs> um, they can just, you know, be kind of loungy, bluesy, and have fun with it. And Advocate for Change is a sort of, you know, right back into that prog electronic sound that they do really well. Um, you know, that's that's there's that's sort of like their that's their calling card, uh, electronic prog stuff. All in all, um, just yeah, nice little uh, brisk, compact album. It's a solid EP. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sci fi influence, criminally good. Dare I say a perfect EP? Oh, oh I'm gonna say, gonna say it. it. I, lo- he, he I put it on the table, I, folks love it i love it there is one objection i find and that is it's hidden in bandcamp yeah now if you go to bandcamp oh, bandcamp.com oh, go to go to bandcamp.com go to the search field and type by the light of the stars you'll find it go to papa dozio's bandcamp page good luck well that's one you of the things it. is that they, okay i i guess we can mention this here to explain why Yeah, let's mention this right now yeah. let's mention this right now we're getting this out of the way because i love you papa dozio love does not mean that's no faults it means that i'm going to be open and honest with yeah. you let's do it uh go for yeah, it though. okay you guys have way too many live <laughs> albums <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I, it's probably because of their, they, they probably have a very improvisational nature to their live performances that they feel the need to capture them all. And they, that makes them each one kind of unique, but you know what? Like, holy, holy moly guys. No, that I'm, I'm sorry, Doug. I hear what you're saying. That logic only goes so no, far I, I when I'm scrolling Look, through I, I, I was just every to, I was kind single of to come up with day their on the tour. Yeah. I, I don't call it an excuse. I'm just trying to I'm trying to find the <laughs> rationale behind it. Um, and you know they they are wise in that they have put in their Bandcamp thing all of their full length studio albums together, so they're easier to find. But for whatever sure. reason, um, the EP was not lumped in with them. It was just sort of it's in amongst all these live albums, so you got to go searching. And it's just it just it's too much work for something that should be. I feel put in with the studio material um, because it's, it's just as good as the albums. It just happens to be shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and you know, uh, I'm fairly sure there are no, are no other EPs, but I can't be a hundred percent sure. <laughs> they, could be, they could be lost in the mix. You know, it's, it's in there somewhere. I I'm honest to God. I'm, I'm scrolling through the Bandcamp page right now. A- anytime they're on tour, every single day, has they so got their set up like it must be just uh, they just put up every show they just must put up every single show and that is kind of crazy uh i mean you know you know who else has tons and tons of live albums and, and i mean i um, if you went to the show i mean it's great you can get it oh yeah oh yeah if it, maybe it's a, honest to god maybe it's a formatting thing like like 
if you like, I think it would be cool if I could re-listen to a concert that I had once attended. Yes, that that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But um, there has to be a better way. Maybe if you have um, like three links, uh, you know, album LPs and EPs, live mm-hmm. and uh, singles, or or something akin to that. Not every and i i realize this maybe this may be what? well this isn't that how spotify has things broken down is they have uh singles and eps yes. studio albums and uh live it's all they are all separate categories right yeah and uh, and maybe this is a limitation for what bandcamp does maybe bandcamp is like no 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 you, you, everything's on your one page go for it but i mean at some point it's just like wow i mean i Granted, you get to see a lot of variations on cover art. Uh, at some point, it is, but, but at uh, some point, it is just really inconvenient if you just want to find a particular release of theirs. I mean, honestly, I I prefer what U two does, where it's just like for every tour they have a live show sure. that you can get, and and that's wonderful. Uh, King Crimson has tons of live albums. You've got to be pretty diehard to listen to them all. Uh, I have not. <laughs> Um, and it's for similar. Really? You haven't listened to them all. I have no time for that. <laughs> Do you know how many they have <laughs> okay. over the years? Tons of live <laughs> albums. I will listen to occasional live shows, uh, on performances, but I just like, I, I have to draw a line somewhere. And did you ever listen to that one? That was the, uh, live album that they didn't approve of, but was released as a, an official album. Yes. Yes. Which was, um, which that's earthbound. It, Cause that one is uh, actually an official release. Uh, despite the fact that, Fripp doesn't like it very much, um, but it, it's it's official because it's the only recording of that particular version of the band. Hmm. So it's got some value to it, but it is it, it's like the audio is it's really not good. It's just, it's really poorly recorded. But uh, if you can get past that, eventually you kind of just settle into it and, and appreciate it with the music. And it is kind of a unique moment in time. But that is a conversation for another day. When you talk about King, it's for King Crimson. Yeah, um, you know, it's it is legitimately tough because again, I can kind of see both sides. As a, as a music consumer, the Bandcamp page is frustrating. As somebody who goes to concerts, and like the first time I saw Washed Out, I wasn't familiar with the uh, the High Times EP. I wasn't very familiar with it, mm-hmm. and so all the songs uh, off that EP, which I think they did one or two in that that first time I saw them. Uh, I would love to now re-listen to. So I I get that from a concert goer's point of view. You gotta draw the line somewhere, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, good EP. In in conclusion. <laughs> and yes, actually, again, in conclusion, I love I love that EP. There are very few EPs that I rank very very highly, and this is uh, this is one of them. That's going to be one of my recommendations. Uh, if you are not sure if you want to get into Papadozio, I'm going to recommend you listen to this EP. If you can find it, totes. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure they have a very active YouTube account, and I think they put all their albums on YouTube. Which, hey, if you can monetize off of that, go for it, right? Yeah, usually, I mean, it's just it's just a, uh, you know, like like any streaming service, it's pennies. But event, uh, I mean, I guess the idea is just like if you have it on everything, these pennies add up, right? Yeah. So I guess that's the hope. Um, I I now I wonder if there's like some diehard. Papadocio fan who owns everything. I mean, you're not never discount that possibility. There are some hardcore fans of things. Shall we get into observations? Observations, October 2009. Observations, October 2009. How do you feel, sir? I feel like it is not 
especially remarkable in the Papado in the Papadozio catalog. Um, but that is not to say it's bad in any way. Um, it just goes through some of the familiar motions that we've heard before. Snorkel stands out primarily because of its um, exceptional percussion work. I think that that's where it really excels. Is just it got a nice, just yeah, you know. I just I'm a, sometimes I'm a sucker for a great percussion uh, section. Uh, I think it can it sometimes can carry a song if done well enough. Improbability blotter uh, is also another highlight. Great drumming, interesting synth work. Guitar noodling, you'll hear that a lot. There's a lot of guitar noodling throughout the catalog as well. That's all. It's a very solid all-around song. Um, right in the middle with uh, "Giving You Up" and "Smile and Nod," um, the, you know the one-two punch. Are they have a great energy? Um, I would say, in, in general, Observations is a better produced album than what they had before, but it is mostly an average work from a band that averages actually, thankfully, above average. So. And also the eyes, the eyes have eyes is a nice finale to the uh, album as well. So hey, you end strong. That's always uh, some bonus points. So, you know, come, I don't want to come down hard or anything on observations. I feel like it is perfectly average uh, for them as a band, which again is still I would just still recommend in general to people who like prog rock and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, first off, stepping up the cover arts game. Mm-hmm fantastic i love well, cover it. art isn't really it's not a problem of theirs that's for sure it's it generally <laughs> no. very good by the same token though i i i honestly want to want to give them props because you know sometimes i'll be like yeah that's cool cover art but like honest to god going through the their cover arts catalog and how varied and interesting a lot mm-hmm. of it is yeah kudos close to that you got basically like a, a strange mechanical tree with a yeah i think it's a an eclipse uh behind it that and it's shaped like an eye oh great stuff. yeah totally um the theme of the album uh, seems to be just that observations on well they say observations based on on who you are on the sum of your experiences and your opinions and so maybe observations of yourself and how they inform your perception of the world uh, which kind of makes a lot of sense based on the, the tracks but you know don't try not to read too much into it it's because the, the music comes first it's a little lighter but it is also very restrained uh instead of just like going bonkers and it's just like let's let's hammer this out uh there is a lot of a lot of restraint to the songwriting uh you and yourself is the danciest track that i've heard from them up to this up to this point all i know has got some complex percussion and bass over uh a very melodic guitar and vocals all i know uh, yeah is is a fantastically constructed song uh, How Not to Float is like a great alt-rock track, uh, which we don't actually really get too many alt-rock tracks mm, from, yeah, from yeah. Papadosia. It's not, re- it's not really their wheelhouse, but they do a great great job of it. Yeah. It's a mature album with lots of new sounds, but it's still true to, the, to form, which is great. It it does feel like a, a logical stepping stone. I might have liked it a little more than, than you. Like, if, if we were ranking it and if you gave it like a five for an average, I might give it a six or a seven. Simply because I kind of like some of the some of the new things they try that also in the context of their full discography, you don't really hear much of period. So we move on to October again, 2012. For a few years later, but you can kind of understand why, given. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) To end the illusion of separation shortened to Tetios. It is always a very ambitious task. Uh, to create a double album. Uh, double albums are mm-hmm. risky, risky, risky. Yes. Uh, Lord knows 
Uh, that is when I checked out of Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> oh, you're talking about um, Stadium Arcadium. You know what? Uh, I think, well, we'll talk about Red Hot Chili Peppers another day, but I, I would say that uh, that one holds up. I, I, you know, it, might, it might very well, but uh, needless to say, though, yeah, I feel okay, like double is, albums, yeah. uh, you got to be on your game if you are, are going to engage mm-hmm. a listener. And again, it's not like these guys come up with like three, four minute long pop tracks. Uh, they're masters no. of the lawn game in their songs. Um, and again, mm-hmm. we have uh, songs approaching nine minutes in this album. And if I'm going to be 100% truthful, I think they nail it. I think they stick the landing uh, because this this album never got boring to me. I really enjoyed this album. Uh, Direction song, very electronic. We Are Water is downright amazing. It's a fun album. Uh, yes, it is lawn. There's no way around it, guys. It is it is a lawn album, but there's nothing that says says, oh hey, you know the best part of the album is in the second half, or oh hey, this track's a bummer, but trust me, there's some good tracks in there somewhere. No, 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 no. This track, all you can pick it up anywhere. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna start listening from track nine, you know, just for that. You can do it because the songs I think honestly are strong enough, and all in all, it's a great, great album. And also special props for ear to ear. I think that sounds great too. I feel uh, I feel a little differently in that I feel it is a bit too long, uh, and it's tough to get through from start to finish. I'll agree with that because of how long <laughs> it is. Uh, although I will agree with you that you could start at any point and be drawn in. So it's not like it's not like you know there's a weak portion of the album. It's just it's just it's just if you just want to sit and listen to it like prepare to take a good chunk out of your day right <laughs> yes uh yeah direction song is a great intro uh high energy and the dudes do some harmonizing mm-hmm. and it sounds real it sounds real quaint we are water has a very cool electronic vibe starts chill and really picks up as it goes um the sum is very chill it's kind of sweet actually and it definitely gets more interesting as well as it goes so um these songs are very long mm-hmm. Uh, 20 tracks. Um, for 10 bucks American though. Yeah. yeah I mean, Hey, you, yeah. you get, you definitely get bang. You get for bang your for your buck. No doubt. Bionic man meets his past is a quirky glitchy journey. A lot of fun. Uh, don't know. I, and I don't know where it's going to go next, which is always great when you are here listening to a song and you're like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, cause you know, especially when you listen to a lot of music, you start to like sometimes, um, Allie's listening to a song and I'm like humming along. She's like, oh, you've heard this before? I'm like, no, I just know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, where uh, this, I, you know, like, I just don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, which is, you know, it's, it is kind of nice when that happens. There's a lot that happens in the middle of the album, much of which I enjoy. Um, but there's so much that it's, it's just easier to kind of get lost in and um, just kind of like forget you're listening to music for a little while. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that is that it's just it just there's just so much it's a, it's hard to focus on the album for a super long time. But things get my attention. Uh, for example, Stickman followed by Oracle theme and then Garden. That's a really nice um, string of songs. And uh, yeah, Garden is unique in that um, it's even kind of jazzy at times, which is cool. And uh, same with Planting the Seeds of Life. So yeah, it and and uh, that's that's yeah, this last song. So it ends very strong. I think it's got a nice, nice strong uh, 
ending, although it doesn't end big, which is interesting. You can think for an album of this magnitude that it would it would kind of end on a really big note, but no, it just kind of it kind of just has a nice ending, which is just interesting. Cool. Well, let's do a, a little bit of a, a sachet. Uh, it's another October, and it's another mm-hmm. three years. October 2015, and we mm-hmm. get uh, extras in a movie, which uh, mm-hmm. I have on my iPod. You must have put it on there at some point. I don't remember when. I guess. So, uh, extras in a movie. Okay, so here, here's full disclaimer about uh, Papadozio uh, and my relationship with them is that it's kind of had its... It's been in and out. And um, so when I downloaded originally with Greenery and B and By the Light of the Stars, um, those are the only two albums I had for a long time. I didn't get observations in Tetios until uh, actually very recently. But I think it was when we when you and I were planning on doing this podcast. I'm like, okay, well, I got to catch up on that work. And I literally bought whatever was missing from the catalog then. And so for a while the i had it's it went straight from by the light of the stars to extras in a movie and i i got interested in extras in a movie because they held a kickstarter for it um because they wanted to give this album a proper album treatment where you know their their other albums were mostly digital releases i don't know maybe they had like cd's or something at a sh- at like live shows but there's it was as far as i knew that you could only get them digitally where extras in a movie they wanted to give it a, a proper vinyl release and uh, give it like singles with music videos, which is why a lot of their music videos are from this album. So they did a, the whole Kickstarter thing and I, I jumped on that Kickstarter and I got the vinyl release of this because I was like, yeah, you know, I should get back into Puppetozio. I don't know why I jumped off. I never I, I, I never meant to. It just kind of happened that they just kind of fell by the wayside and and I'm like. And I, I, I don't even think that it actually took that long because I think they probably wrote most of the material already and they just and they maybe even recorded it and just needed to um, just get this get the funds to invest in the physical media and also into the music videos and blah, 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 all that stuff. So I even remember getting like the day I got it was like it was right at the end of the year. Yeah, it was either December or January uh, of like 27. Oh, this is 2015. So, yeah, t- uh, maybe January 2016 i finally got the uh, the lp it is it's another double album for for an lp and i just love that vinyl i just i think it's just it feels so well put together and you can really it's like a gatefold you can open it up and just look at the artwork and uh it just i don't know like if for whatever reason it feels like this jewel in my collection um and i kind of wish that they would put out all their stuff out on vinyl because oh yeah they did they did such a good job on this release it was it's beautiful it really is their goal was thirty thousand dollars and they mm-hmm. with 414 backers uh which is amazing they managed to pull in thirty six thousand two hundred ninety nine from 414 backers i mean that's that's phenomenal which hold on let's pull out the math that <laughs> let's means just pull out the math your average backer contributed eighty seven dollars so the people who, who support this album really supported it. Yeah. 50 got you the vinyl and digital download. Was that you, Doug? Uh, sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, cool. let's let's move on. Let's. What's the expensive stuff? What's the crazy stuff? There's always crazy stuff. $10,000 gets you a private performance. Yeah. I don't know if did anyone go for that one. No one got that one. Uh, you know, that's that's it's a tall order. It's a tall order to 
Yeah. You got you got to you got to love the band to put in $10,000. Uh $5,000 got you the late night living room bash. So, they would come to your living room and play a set for you acoustic acoustic set. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. 5 grand and one person redeems that. Hey, I mean, again, if you love a band and you got the money to spare, I mean, I if I had all the money in the world, I'd be fueling so many Kickstarters. I'm oh, just yeah. a big old patron of the arts, oh, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I got, I'll go, I'll settle with the 50 bucks vinyl. Yeah. A thousand yeah. bucks dinner for four with the band. We take you and three of your friends out for dinner and three people, three people kitchen. Nice. Yeah, so it looks like all things considered, a very successful Kickstarter. Uh, good yeah. on them. Meet your goal, exceed your goal. What else could you ask for? And if I may say so myself, this is my favorite album by them. Um, even though there was a perfect EP, this is my favorite album of theirs, simply because the high points are so high and the work is so consistent. It is mm-hmm. mature. It is interesting. It is diverse. Lots of the usual influences, although in the song Glimpse of Light, uh, I know that this is almost certainly coincidental, but I heard um, sounds that reminded me of Rockspin. And I, Rockspin, oh. I love because there's not a lot of stuff that sounds like Rockspin, uh, which is, um, for those who don't know, um, very experimental, electronic, but it has, uh, it's, it's so hard to put words to, because yeah, it's experimental electronic, but there's, um, there's an etherealness to it. It's, it's a very kind of, uh, it's, it's moody, but soft and, uh, very complicated stuff. Uh, and I absolutely love it. Um, and I heard, I heard that in Glimpse of Light and it's, it's, it's so technically interesting and I absolutely love it. But the real winner on this, on this album, hands down is Therian. Uh, Atherian is a person who identifies as a non-human animal. That song uh, is so good. It starts off subdued, almost kind of electronic, flirting with electronic, but then it has this uh, guitar-driven rock chorus that is that just sweeps in, comes in out of nowhere, and, and carries the track. And um, all in all, fantastic album. Great album. I have very similar feelings, actually. And it's an interesting change of pace because I like prog rock is often known for its very busy sounds. Yes. Um, very fast, very layered. And this album, even compared to their work, uh, is very restrained. Um, there is a lot more space in these songs. And uh, it reminds me again, I, I think I brought this up before, but of, of uh, what Miles Davis once said about what's more important than the notes you play are the notes that you don't play. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it's not like it's like it's it's not obviously a sparse album or anything like that where there's long silences, but just compared to its peers in the genre, it feels just a lot more restrained and quiet. And I really like it uh, as such. There's even an acapella intro, yeah, which <laughs> which is a like like oh okay that's a, that's different. But what really sets the stage is out of hiding, which uh, I feel may be one of their best songs ever, or um. At least it's one that always works for me. And I even remember, again, when I put on the vinyl for the first time, um, when and it came to that song, which is, you know, it's like, it's basically the intro song because The Last Leaf is a very short kind of acapella intro. It's very, it's kind of like a, you know, a prelude um, more than an intro song. And I just kind of knew that this album was going to be something special um, based on Out of Hiding. 
and uh, Epiphany uh, is a great follow-up. Uh, it follows it up really strongly. Breathy vocals, lots of atmosphere. Um, the writing is just more lighter, more spacious. Um, so every sound seems to matter more. Um, Two AM. It, it barely. It doesn't. It, it doesn't even feel prog. It feels more more acoustic-y, More kind of. I mean, it's a shorter song. Uh, just very conventional, but it still kind of fits within the album. I, I say another great track is Therian, as you mentioned, which starts strong with with uh, synth the, those those sort of um, almost Jure sounding synthesizers. Yeah, it kind of leans that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, the chorus has a very cool unhinged um, dissonant sound to it. Um, like the chorus almost like doesn't fit yet. They do fit. Distant days uh, is very super memorable and and with that like a really great hook. Uh, this uh, whistle hook, it, <laughs> it's uh, it's just so perfect. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's it's you can hear it from like a mile away. He's like, oh yeah, I know that. And yeah. and there's like, but more special than that is there's um a horn part very early on where you can you can i love the sound of very organic horn sections there's certain songs that i i think of um there's one by mercury rev um that where you can you can hear it you can just you can just imagine a few guys with the trumpets or something like that just playing and there's just this moment in that song that has that and it just it's it just feels very magical to me uh i love it and Though the album as a whole is very long, I'm just not tired of it by the end. Uh, it it does not suffer from the flaw of Tetios, uh, my my opinion, and what is a flaw in that it just it just it just gets a bit exhausting. You just can't really listen to it from start to finish. You have to take it in in portions. Um, where this one, it's not as long, but it's still long enough that it could be considered a double album, and it just never gets tired. And I just want to listen to it all the way through. It has a great flow. Uh, consistent but diverse aesthetic and just some of their uh their best tunes ultimately the very next year actually not even a year 11 months later september of 2016 all of a sudden we have uh a sudden shift in in tone uh to pattern integrities uh, by the way i, I don't say this enough i don't think but i love the cover art oh the cover art's <laughs> great yeah yeah this actually this might yeah. be one of their best ones actually so Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just just good choice of very subdued colors. Um, yeah. Now, this one, uh, a very electronic mm-hmm. album, which you can tell straight from the opening. Mr. Turtle's Cloud Kingdom is a great track. It's overall pretty good. Uh, but on the whole, I don't feel it's up to their standards. There are some ho-hum moments. I have a difficult time for the most part remembering kind of which track is which i i like this album quite a bit i'm not gonna lie but i don't this is the one that i would say is not would be like the the um the the medium album for them this this one i feel like would be kind of because it's not as adventurous as other albums this one i feel like is kind of their their little their uh they're trying something new yes uh but it's consistently the same sort of new that they're trying it's 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 an an electronic album, uh, and as as such, I don't find it, it as distinct as their other releases. Hmm. Uh, okay, is that, that's that's all you got? Uh, well, basically, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, then, uh, I I kind of I kind of disagree. Uh, I feel like it's it's in some ways I feel it's like a bit of a step back. Um, 
and it does feel more like Tetios rather than uh, extras in a movie. But um, this one is just a much more manageable length. Um, it's comparatively compared to the fact that it just came from after two very long albums. It's it's mm. feels like a breeze to get through. Uh, it's, it's so much shorter. Um, so it's not like a standout album um, because I almost think because it just it's just kind of dwarfed by those two giants. But at the same time, I think that it kind of works anyway. Um, it feels like very much more traditional Papadozio, but with the fat trimmed off. And and I kind of appreciate that. So um, each and every wave, I think, is very solid and fun. Um, has a very uh, dramatic edge to it. A lot of wibble wobs and beepy boops. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best way I could put it, apparently. Things are generally kept very light through the album. Uh, I also love Mr. Turtle's Cloud Kingdom, and uh, Omni Freeze is an awesome closing track. I think uh, album breezes by, um, but I d- I think you know you just shouldn't miss it. I think it, I think everything is great on it uh, because because it's so much shorter. There's really nothing to skip, and so uh, I'd say like yeah yeah to give just give it a go. I I really feel like it's it's pretty solid effort all the way through personally. You know what? Uh, I'm not the only one who has this opinion, but I, I see it on the Bandcamp page too. Let's have a vinyl release, guys. Let's yeah, this guy on totally. Vinyl. You can fit this one I'd on a single it. vinyl. You don't have to. That probably cuts down costs, right? I'd love to hear it on vinyl. I honestly would. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you listen to the remix album? I meant to, but I just uh, I just kind of passed by the website just because uh, you know my I have a tough relationship with remix albums but did you <laughs> i did not actually so okay. i was actually kind of looking looking so, forward to sorry your, your i you on. know i, I kind of meant to during my research and then i just kind of um i don't know i just kind of felt like i had pages and pages can, of notes it can be tough remix albums because are you really listening to that band then yeah. or are you listening to other artists so i mean it, it depends we don't we don't typically cover them but uh i will admit i mean Damn, that might be my favorite cover art out of all yeah. their albums. It's so cool. <laughs> but oh well. Are we talking about the remix one or the or pattern? The remix one. The remix one. I love it. It's great. I mean, and it's it's a great way to just take a take the original album cover and just like spin it around. You know, it's just like you could just almost you don't even need to see uh you know Pattern's Integrity's remix. You could just look at that and go like, oh, that's either a remix album or the second part of the album. Like, right. you know, like it could be a double album, but, uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you just know that they have to be related. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, two years later, again, uh, constant, like, uh, dedicated releases, uh, September, 2018 content coma. I remember when this was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, I, I think remember I sent you guys, you and you, I think you and our, our friend Travis, um, <laughs> I think I sent you guys the, the link to the music video. Cause um, yeah, music video is great. I think music video is awesome. Actually, I, I looked through their playlist of music videos before we recorded just to watch. Because often you reference music videos, and I'm like, oh, I didn't watch any of them. So this time, I, I, <laughs> this time I did watch through them. Uh, although it's worth noting that the playlist on their YouTube channel for their music videos is not complete. There's a few that aren't on there, like mm. Out of Hiding and what was the other one? Um, I don't know. There's another one that I saw, and like for some reason, they're just not on the playlist. So you have to kind of find them separately. So... Um, yeah, but content coma Although, might I be their say, I like, might be their best video. I like the music video. I like the music video better than the song. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um. There. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll get into that. First of all, 
Um, most of their albums, they don't really have like a mission statement or even really talk about too much, Mm -hmm. but this is one that they do. They kind of give a statement slash indictment of social media, uh, and being inundated with other people's lives. And, uh, and I think, you know, the album title content coma, uh, you know, really, uh, from the get go, it's not, it's not bearing the lead as you say, it's, it's not, it's not disguising what's, what this album is about. Um, now, write, sing, play, mix. This is a great way to open the album, uh, because it goes from electronic, uh, through some alternative, through prog, and then at the end, kind of a nice, gentle guitar. It's like, hey, this is what's going on in this album, and great. Like, uh, I, I was, I was so thrilled. But even then, even then, it wasn't the complete story because Skip Switch comes around, and that's a nice jazz track. It's great. I, I thought, oh, man, this is fantastic. The, one of my favorite songs by them is on this album, Pool of Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, if if I might, um, this may be a controversial opinion. I think, honestly, the, the title track is the is the weak point of the album. I think uh, I think that one's just a bit of a, a bit of a letdown. And the rest of the album is fantastic. Hmm. OK. Well, we differ on a few things here in that I kind of feel like right sing play mix is not the strongest intro. I think it's uh, it's it's I don't know. I just kind of I felt very hmm, OK about it where distress signal. Uh, it feels it feels like, a, like it actually would have been a better intro uh, to me. I, I think it uh, travels around less, but uh, sets up the album's feel a lot better. And uh, how do I put liminal liminal daybreak? Is very yeah. cool, moody piece, uh, atmosphere over virtuosity, which I, I think works. The album I feel it lulls a bit in the middle, but has a few you know Papadocio classics in the in the third act. So uh, we we definitely see Eye Die on Pool of Stars being a really great track. Um, has a great vocal hook, a very cool keyboard riff. I really do love that one. Mm. Uh, the world is a cube. Uh, isn't as strong, uh, but it plays into the album's theme, um, which, and I feel like Content Coma, though, is actually, well, like, pool is, or The World is a Cube, I feel, is almost like a little too heavy-handed and a little too uh, preachy in how it handles that theme of, you know, like, social media and living on the computer and blah, 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 um, It just... <laughs> Content Coma, I feel like, just lyrically um, is just more poetic in what it's trying to say. And I disagree. I think I actually really like that song. I think it is, uh, I think it's got a great, great chorus. And uh, it's it doesn't feel very progish to me. But as far as it almost almost being like their pop rock song, electronic prog rock, pop rock, I don't know. Uh, I just feel like it's just, it sounds good. It just sounds like the super well-produced uh, especially the vocals. I think, like, you know, some of my criticisms of their very early work is that the vocals just weren't quite mixed well into everything. Th- these days, that is not the problem at all. I think it sounds so good. Um, and it just has gravitas and is super memorable. I even remember it being in, like, uh, me having it in my, playing in my head uh, in my dreams one night. Uh, that it just really stuck with huh. me. So, um, and the last two tracks are a nice wind down with Passage providing an sort of an angelic finale. It's, the album has its ups and downs. Uh, the ups are some of their finest work, though. So so I think we, I mean, I think overall we both feel like it's, I don't know, 
not well. I guess I don't know. It seems like you like you like the album maybe a little better than me, but I like some of the moments in it better than you. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, yeah, crossroad we're at there. I mean, I well, just for the record, I think this really also kind of speaks to to the point that like there's something for everybody. Like I mm-hmm. honestly, I honestly feel like the songwriting and the structure is there. That's you know, if there's something, if there's some songs you don't like by them, there's probably other songs that you'll really mm-hmm. dig. Uh, and maybe maybe you didn't like one album per se, but you know, check out this other album. You know, uh, hey, do you not like the prog stuff? Hey, do you want you want to hear some electronic? Go for it. You know, yeah. And I think I think honestly, that is that is one of their strengths. Yeah, through and through. So then, last year, July of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. we get to Microdojo, and I remember the the hullabaloo of, uh, of this release. But Doug, let's start with you. What do you think of Microdojo? Yeah, as I was taking notes for this album, you may find a little bit of a journey here. Uh, I started with saying, I just don't feel this album is as strong. I don't, and I don't feel the connection of the music to the art direction. There's a big, like you were saying, there's a lot of build up to this album. There's a lot of like released tracks and uh, and you know a lot of focus on the artwork of the album and how it's like a six six oh yeah it's like look at this mushroom, bits, no, look mushroom, at this here, mushroom. mushroom here. and obviously all the songs are named after mushrooms so there's like they're they, they tried but as far as like musically i don't understand like the 16-bit elements or the mushroom elements really i just don't i don't really get it Maybe that's just me not understanding something that they're doing. And that's very possible because they probably know what they're doing better than I know what they're doing. The music isn't ever bad, but it is, and it's even often good, but I just don't see it as a step up from where they were. And that was just sort of what I was writing down as going through the first few tracks. It just didn't feel like, like it just wasn't living up to it. Though uh, there are some awesome highlights and Lion's Mane is the first of of a definite highlight. And it's really cool. Kind of and again, guitar noodly, catchy piece with uh, lots of cool synth effects. Um, it's followed directly by how do you say that? Chaga? Yeah, it's, it is a so. mushroom, but I, I, I don't so. know if I like the word because it does sound like a racial slur. <laughs> like I just, not any specific one, Fair. but you know, like if I were to come up with a racial slur, Chaga might be it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which uh, it's an even greater song. Uh, it's really cool. Awesome vocal effects, glitchy beats, and just a really cool atmosphere. And then I, I sort of continue on with uh, actually Versicolor is pretty good too. Um, that one actually feels like the most yes. um, traditional Papadozio kind of song. Like uh, like that one feels like like a like it's like a Papadozio classic right in the middle of this uh, like album where they're trying a little bit of, of some different things. Well, that's truthfully that's that's why I picked it for the compilation because um, it was the one that I felt was more reflective of the types of songs that Mm -hmm. i was i was putting in yeah so anyways as i'm as i continue to listen to it i start writing down you know maybe this album is better than i remember like maybe i actually maybe i actually (laughs) do like it a lot but i don't know why sometimes i feel like i shrug it off and that's weird to me i i I guess maybe i don't recommend it for necessarily as a starting point for people who are getting into the band so I don't know. I, I guess I don't exactly know where I land on it. Uh, and that's sometimes I feel it's awesome. Sometimes I feel it's like a little more like, eh. uh, maybe it just doesn't start the strongest and it does get better as it goes. Um, because, and there's definitely like right in the middle, the lion's mane, Chaga, Versicolor, the, those three for sure are like terrific songs. And um, yeah, that's kind of the, the weird journey I go through with this album is that maybe I just need to give it a, a few more spins and then I'll, I'll like fully understand it and get it better uh, because 
yeah, the my first impression wasn't amazing, but and then I gave it another spin. And I think I liked it more. And then I just I just listened to it again just actually earlier today, and I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I do like this more than I thought I did. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's throw throw. It's a, a, an experimental electronic album, but with more variation than Pattern Integrity's had. I like it. I like it quite a bit. But when I stack it up against some of their ob- other albums, I don't think it's quite mm-hmm. as strong. They have a theme going on. They definitely mm-hmm. have a theme going on. A- on the surface, it, it's mushrooms. <laughs> and the, uh, right? Yeah, on the surface, yeah, it's, yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, it's mushrooms. You go to their back <laughs> page, this is pictures of mushrooms. Uh, and the, then the, the 16, you're right, the 16 bit artwork thing too. To check it out on, on YouTube, which I find, you know, it kind of with the experimental uh, electronic sound, that kind of works for me. What the link is between this experimental 16-bit electronic stuff and the very organic nature of the mushrooms, I don't know if they're trying to make a statement about nature and technology. They've made that statement before. It wouldn't be new. But I I honestly don't know. Uh, These guys are very thoughtful and creative and interesting fellows. They really just kind of, uh, in, in Bandcamp, talked about, hey, thanks everyone for supporting us. We hope you like this album. We look forward to mm-hmm. touring with it. We want to play it live. Blah, blah, blah. So nothing about about their thoughts on the album. So I just kind of have to take it at face value. And I like it. And uh, I, do, I like it. But kind of as you said, even though I, I don't quite feel that it's... I feel it's, it's more consistent than you feel it is. But it's not one of their best. And uh, uh, But I like it more than Pattern Integrities because I feel it's... it's uh, Oh, that's a difficult thing to put to words to. I don't know. I just, I like it more than, than Pattern Integrities. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah. Ah, I, yeah I, I, I like Pattern Integrities more than it personally, but. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's, that's yeah. kind of where yeah, we so, differ. Yeah. Just you know, itty, itty, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, God, at this rate, I mean, we should expect something for them next year. Yeah, I mean, could be, could be. Unless yeah. they're going to go for another like gigantic, you know, 20 track album or something. Yeah, <laughs> then yeah, maybe in, in which years. case, another two years. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, they're busy guys, folks. Uh, again, if you have the opportunity, uh, check them out on Bandcamp. A lot of their newer albums, you can only listen to a couple of the tracks. That's fine. If you really want to hear the full albums, go to go to YouTube and hear them. But uh, honestly... Uh, and, and they're on Spotify as well. Yeah, they're, right. Uh, honestly, though, I am going to say, you know what? They don't charge a lot for their albums. They honestly don't. It's like 10 bucks. I think the most expensive one I saw was Tedios for 13 No, Tedios wasn't 13 but something was 13 the fact of the matter is it's not expensive and for the amount of work that they put into these albums i think honestly it's worth the worth skipping honestly. uh i have no regrets about buying any of them yeah you know even the ones i'm like eh, ho-hum ho-hum it's only ho-hum ho-hum in comparison to their better stuff yeah it, so exactly yeah yeah so it's like there's there's not a single one that i think is a, a waste of time or a, or a weak album per se i think that every every album has its merits its strengths its weaknesses um, they're all they're all different enough that um, they're worth checking out. Yeah, uh, let us do some track recommendations. Uh, sure. Why don't you go first? Cool. Well, I'm gonna start with "Out of Hiding" from Extras in a Movie, um, which I just think is uh, I, I, I it just fills me with the most feels. I would say out of all of them, I just, I, there's just something. It I just takes me right back to the first time that I heard it. Um, and I was, yeah, I just, it was a nice evening. I lived in an apartment that I really liked and um, finally got my record player working again. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was great to 
um, just, uh, just again, have that experience of that vinyl, and, and also just, like, just interesting, it's just interesting musically, because, like, there's, I just don't hear a lot of songs like it, it's just, it's, it's kind of slow, but it also, like, has moments where it really elevates, and, and also just, like, that cool, like, sound that goes through, um, the songs, I feel, is just very magical, and it's, it's in, like, uh, like, I just, I could listen to it over and over again. I don't get bored of that song. I, I, I listen to it a lot, and, um, and I want to listen to it a lot more. I'm also going to go with, uh, Mr. Turtle's Cloud Kingdom. It's oh, yes. just a nice, a nice song. It's, uh, got nice... How do I describe it? There's a, just a lot of cool synth work. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I just find it very charming, uh, very easy to listen to. You know, uh, one of the things that I like about Papadocio is the fact that them as a band, they're a prog rock band, but they're very approachable. Um, you know, some people have to go into prog rock feeling kind of intimidated or like, or like just a little scared by just how like crazy and complex things are. And it's not always the most accessible music, but I find songs like this just prove the exact opposite. Um, very accessible, very, uh, almost sweet. It's just almost got a very sweet vibe to it. Um, and I'm actually going to go with Content Coma as well, the song, um, just because I just think it's, it's got, it's a little edgier than those ones. And uh, even though I, I, even though I kind of feel sometimes they could go a little harder, actually, I just feel like there could be a little more like I don't know, just with what they're doing with the, the mood of the song, it, they could go, they could make it edgier. But I do like it, and I just, I just the hook is so good. I think the hook is so good, and yeah, just super well produced. Uh, a little, you know, a little less experimental, but um, that's fine by me. It works just the same. Okay. First of all, uh, not a specific track. By the light of the stars, EP. Go get it. No, oh, just, go, just give it. Just, just go get EP. Just go get it. Just go listen to the whole thing. It's great. I was gonna pick out a song, then I was gonna pick out a different song, and then I was like, ah, well, who am I kidding? <laughs> okay, uh, let's go with We Are Water off of Tedios. Um, I think We Are Water is, even though it's fairly early on in the album. Um, it kind of exemplifies, I think, the high points of the album and also the high points of uh, what makes them such good musicians. It kind of starts with this um, this electronic, um, not quite a, it's, it's a repeating two, two chords um, that almost feels like being in the surface of water, you know what I mean? It's got that very kind of atmospheric well, not atmospheric, it's underwater, but um, uh, a fantastic mood to it before getting into uh, the synth beats uh, and uh, this wonderful, I keep wanting to say atmospheric, but that's weird. Anyways, uh, check out We Are Water. Then off of Extras in a Movie, Therian. Uh, like, like I said before, one of the things that makes this, this song work so well is... Uh, the movements it goes through and almost the disconnect between the electronic portions and the rock-based portions and it's that rock-based instrumental chorus that is just that just sounds so good I love it so much uh, and it's it's shocking how long the song actually is because it just goes by so quickly uh, I'm not even joking how many times I've listened to it this week um, I keep my volume down low uh, at work so that my coworkers don't have to listen to what I'm listening to because I don't have my own office anymore. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's kind of strange. I got a promotion and had to move out into like a desk pods with a bunch of people. <laughs> uh, and then uh, all the way to content coma, Pool of Stars. It has such a nice feel, and the, the mm. chorus is light Solid and choice. airy and fun, whimsical, you might even say. Uh, but the verses kind of bring it back down a little more to move the song along, be almost dramatic, one might say. Not like melodramatic, not over the top, but they have more weight to them than the chorus does. And it's the juxtaposition between those two uh, that makes the song really interesting to me. I think it's, I think it's really, really, really cool. I, I love that vocal so, hook. So Falling in a pool of stars. It's just, oh, like, oof, mm, beautiful. And uh, by the light of the stars EP. Oh, uh, okay, we'll great. In there cool. as well, just uh, just in case you didn't know. All right, woof, Doug, it's good to. Oh, it's, it's, been been <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a uh, that was quite a yeah quite a marathon uh, again. But uh, you know, we had a lot of time to do it at least. <laughs> yeah, now fish, I feel, yeah. that, but I now feel yeah. very very well uh, versed in the Papadozio catalog so with my show and yeah i'm not just bringing it up out of vanity folks uh with prog rock alley i was contacted weeks ago by an italian band and uh named kirsch and they said hey do you want to play some of our music on your show you know here's a bit about us and i said i took a took a listen i was like yeah sure i'd love to play you guys i mean come on you know uh an independent band from from Italy, uh, who I, I love that there's a, there's actually a nice international appeal to your show as well. There's a lot of uh, music from all around the world. Yeah, and um, uh, they Prague list, is universal. They list themselves as uh, you know lovers of Pink Floyd. I can definitely hear that, but uh, mm-hmm. not derivative. And Kirsch is spelt with a Q. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was gonna say is that uh, I was almost out of Q bands. The only other Q bands. Uh, that I have left that we haven't reviewed on my iTunes is Quarkspace. And I was like, oh boy, if we take on Quarkspace, they're gonna, it's gonna be another year before we record because <laughs> they have so much stuff. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, the dude behind Quarkspace who also contributed a song to our, our compilation, he would mm-hmm. definitely listen to the episode. You know, and that's the thing is that I would love to do it one day. I just, after, after going through the Papadozio, like that, that really, ch- like that, very thick discography i'm just not ready <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just not i'm just not ready for a cork space right now um maybe next maybe next round eventually yeah sure yeah yeah um so yeah well how do you say it again i'm kirsch? pretty sure it's kirsch kirsch okay q i r s h guys they're on facebook they've got their own website there they're connected out there take a listen uh find them and uh and be ready for, oh, they're on YouTube. And be ready when we do our Kirsch episode next time. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Doug, plug your most recent project. Uh, I mean, uh, Moving Pictures, uh, I'm sure I've talked about it before on the show. But yeah, uh, Moving underscore Pictures with a K uh, on YouTube. I am currently editing Ali Hasn't Seen UHF. Nice. And uh, that's uh, that which I actually recorded last year and I forgot about. So I'm like, oh, I have to. I guess I should just make it. (laughs) I also have a new new project called Back to Icon where I'm reviewing every episode of the G1 Transformers. Uh, I just do a plot breakdown and I make I try to make it very funny as I go. Um, When's the next one coming out? Um, I mean, it's written, I just gotta, it, and luckily, like, it doesn't take that long to edit, which is, I'm very, very thankful about. I, I have a really nice 
I can get, I can usually, if I have a day off, I can usually crank one out in a day. Uh, the longest thing is just watching it and writing the review, but, uh, hopefully soon. I just, I just need to finish this Ali Hasn't episode and then I, I'll work on that and fire in the sky. Oh, the first one, the fi- sky fire. Oh yeah. Is, uh, sky- he gets kidnapped by aliens, right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there might be an episode where he gets kidnapped by aliens. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Um, Although he is the alien, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, the 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 transformers are the aliens. They're the aliens. <laughs> no, I guess he yeah he could get kidnapped by the aliens, and that the aliens are Decepticons. The Decepticons, yeah. The the show hasn't found his audience yet, but the people who are watching it seem to like it. So, well, anything else, Captain? No, that's it. All right. Well, I'm going to close this out by saying Music A to Z podcast is hosted by Stephen Doug Ferguson and is produced by me, Stephen Ferguson. You should check out our other works at stephengcferguson.ca. And, oh, is your website still going? It's still there. Uh, I haven't updated in a long time, but it's still there. Okay. DougJCFerguson.com. I'm Rusty. Check out Moving Underscore Pictures on YouTube. There we go. Yeah. Pictures with a K. <laughs>